Well, welcome to week four of our series, Wake Up. Uh, go ahead and look at your neighbor. Let's get this out of the way. And say, wake up! All right. Hey, let, let's try something real quick. I'm going to put up some uh, pictures, and you kind of tell me what you see. We're going to look at some illusions, optical illusions. Harvey, don't shake your head. You see a tree. We had a couple sell a tree, with, and then you got the face. You see it? Chicken. Somebody's just hungry. Chicken wings. Only a Florida fan would say that. Uh, what about? Some see a duck, some see a rabbit. Duck or rabbit. Duck or rabbit. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, yeah. What about this? You don't see the young lady? You got the young lady, then you got the old woman. Here's her chin, her smile, her nose. You see the old woman? My wife is. Come here, babe. Come here. I'm going to show it to you. It's very. Nobody, you don't see it? it hey. It's, I promise you it's there, okay? Most people see the two faces. They might see the candle holder or the, or the chalice. The chalice. <laughs> These northerners, man. Anybody see the big giant panda? Come here. Come here. Come here, babe. Look. Do you see it now? The panda. You see the giant panda? All right. All right. Let's bring it back down. As I said, I forgot to put our scripture in. Uh, uh, wake up. Uh, our main scripture for this series has been Ephesians 514 that says, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This week's wake-up call to you and I as individuals, but also to us as a church, if you're taking notes, is this. Wake up, rub the sleep out, and see him. Wake up, rub the sleep out, and see him. Some of you know that when I say sleep out, I'm referring to as Ben likes to call them eye boogers. Uh, rub it out, rub it out. If you got a Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 24. If you don't know where I'm going to bring it up here on the screen. Um, we're going to listen in on a conversation two men are having as, as they're walking down the road. Um, and what you need to know about these two men, these two men are believers in Christ. They are followers of Jesus. They had seen him with their own eyes. It wasn't uh, secondhand knowledge. They saw Jesus. They heard him teach. They saw things. So, so they, it wasn't secondhand knowledge. And then, though, they saw him crucified, buried in a tomb. And now these two believers uh, are walking down the road. They're devastated. And that's where I want to jump into their conversation. Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 13. 
Now, that same day, what same day? The day Jesus was raised from the dead. That same day, the two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. Don't know who, do the, who these two guys are for sure. We know one of them is named Cleopas. What are you laughing about, Tyler? It's going to get me. Um, uh, one of them was named Cleopas. A lot of uh, theologians, a lot of people that study this, think the other one was probably one of the original 12 disciples that was walking down this road, and, and, and they're headed to this village that's seven miles from Jerusalem. And it says they were talking about everything that happened. If you just read that, it sounds like they're just talking. Uh, they're, they're, hey, how about that game yesterday? Man, didn't we look good? Hey, how about the weather? Man, the, this is great. I love this cool weather that we're having. Hey, man, are those, those fires in California are getting out of hand. Man, when are things going to reach? And it sounds like they were just having normal conversations. But the truth is their conversation was much deeper than that. Here's why. These two men had grown up hearing stories, hearing prophecies about God sending to their people a Messiah, a guy that would save them, would show up on the scene, would be the hero of the day. They'd probably heard it from their parents, from their grandparents. They had probably heard it in the temple courts uh, about the Savior of the world. Their hope was that they would see this in their lifetime. They wanted to see it. And you've got to understand why they were so desperate wanting to see it. The, the, the oppression that they were under was brutal. And, and, and so they were praying. They were expecting. They were hoping. They were dreaming about the Messiah. And here this man named Jesus shows up on the scene doing things they've never seen any man do. Teaching like they've heard no one teach. He's performing miracles. He's teaching with authority. And they say, this could be the one we've waited for. So they put all their hope and all their faith into him being the one, the Messiah. And now the very one, the very thing they put all their faith and hope in, they just watched him die on a cross. They just watched him be brutally crucified. That's putting an end to their hopes and dreams. I mean, they put their confidence in this, and now everything they put their hopes and dreams in, they saw hanging on a cross. They saw him go limp. They saw him, them take him down. They saw him put, him put him in a grave. And now they know that life is not going to be like we thought it would be. That their lives are going to go aren't going down the path they'd hoped they'd it'd be on. That they had devoted their lives to something that now seems hopeless. And for a lot of people in this room, if you're honest, that's where you are today. That's the season you're in. This wasn't the life that you had laid out for yourself. This wasn't the life you wanted. Uh, uh, you thought things would be better or different than they were now. I thought my marriage would change things. I thought my marriage would be different or better than what it is. Uh, this is not the career path that I, I went to college, and now I'm doing this for a living. This is not what I wanted to do. This can't be all there is. And there are people that are in that season of their life here today where they're thinking that. And these two men are walking down the road, and all they can think about 
is watching everything they put their hopes and their faith in die. Hearing the soldiers on the cross mock him, say, hey, you've raised others. You, come on, save yourself. You've saved others. But he didn't save himself. And they watched him die. And let's read on verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing the one they were grieving about, the one they had put all their hopes and faith in, comes up beside him, but it says they were kept from recognizing him. Now, it's not like, hey, I know the face, I just couldn't put a name with it. You know, that, that's, I'm good with faces, but if you know me, I'm terrible with names. I forgot Lindsay's name, and she's been going here for seven, eight years. I'm terrible. It, it wasn't like that. It says they were kept from recognizing. I, I would love to tell you that I've got some deep revelation as to why they were kept, but I don't. I, I don't know why for that, but for whatever reason, They were kept from recognizing Jesus for who he was. They didn't see him. He was right in front of them, but they didn't see him. Has that ever happened to you where something is right in front of you, but you don't see it? You ever gone to the cabinet? You ask your wife where something's at. You go to the cabinet. She tells you where it's at. You look. You dig behind things. It's not in here. Yes, it is. <laughs> look behind so-and-so. I, and then you get a little attitude. I look behind so-and-so. It's not in here. And then after you get a little frustrated, get a little attitude, she walks in there, pulls it right out. Here it is. My wife tells me that's because I look with man eyes. I was like, well, man eyes is all I got. Lucky for you. If I had woman eyes, we'd have a problem. But, but, but that's what, it's right there in the cabinet. I'm looking at it, yet I don't see it. It's right in front of you. And that's where these two men are, right in front of them. But they don't see it. They don't see Jesus. And Jesus, being like he is, he just kind of puts himself into the conversation. Look, look at this, verse 17. So Jesus asked them, hey, what are you guys talking about as you're walking down the road? And they stood there, their faces downcast. That word downcast, if you look at the literal translation, it means they had a mournful appearance, a sad countenance. And, and in fact, the message says this, they stood there long-faced like they had lost their best friend. These two men were wrecked. They were devastated. I mean, the man that they had put faith in was dead. And Jesus says, hey, what are you guys talking about? Then, then check this out, verse 18. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you, you can almost hear the attitude. Because, you know, when you're hurt and someone asks you a question, you almost respond with an attitude. It's like, what, are you kidding me? You're the, you're the only one visiting Jerusalem that doesn't know what's going down here? Are you, what do you mean, what are we talking about? And, and, I mean, it's like, hey. Are you, from, are you from out of town? Uh, have you not logged on and seen the latest on TMZ? 
You've been living in a cave? And she's like, well, technically. Uh, <laughs> the problem, like so many of us, when you are hurt, when you are wounded, when you are overwhelmed with things that are going on, and you can't understand why this happened or why that happened, we oftentimes can't see that the very thing we need is right in front of us. He's right in front of us. And instead of recognizing, hey, he's right in front of us, they began to explain to Jesus everything that had just happened to Jesus. Look, look. Jesus says, I love Jesus. He's just going along with it. Hey, what things? What, what happened, guys? And they replied, uh, he, he was a prophet. He was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. What, the, what they say about Jesus, they said, he was powerful in what? In what? The, the men were like, hey, when he spoke, it penetrated your soul. It was like he knew me better than anybody else. When he spoke, man, it was like he knew things that nobody else knew. He was powerful in word. And then it says also he was powerful in what? Deed. Deed, they said. Man, when he showed up on the scene, people that had been blind for years could suddenly see. When he showed up on the scene, people that had been lame couldn't walk, could walk again. He fed 5,000 men along with their wives and children with a Long John's Happy Meal. I mean, that's, he did amazing things. You're not going to believe. I mean, this is what he did. When he showed up, he turned water into wine. And I'm not talking about the cheap stuff. Boone's Farm, Mad Dog 2020. Don't act like y'all only. He made the good stuff. I'm talking, that's what they said. I mean, when he showed, turned the water into wine, they were like, man, usually they serve the cheap stuff at the end because the people are so drunk, they won't know that it's cheap. But you've served the good stuff. Read the Bible. That's what it says. I, never mind, let's move on. They say he was powerful in word and deed. But then, look, verse 20. The chief priest and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. They crucified him. Look at these. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. They said, we had hoped. We had hoped he was the one we'd prayed for. We had hoped things were going to be different. We had hoped that he was going to set us free. That's where some of y'all are at today also. We had hoped things would be different this time. We had hoped uh, to have kids of our own. Come on. I'd hoped that I'd be doing something that I love at this age. We hoped to be celebrating our anniversary and going away, but instead we're in separate bedrooms. We'd hoped to be able to retire, but we've wasted our money. We've got nothing to show for what we've worked for. We had hoped. We'd hoped to be able to, to finally break free from this sin and addiction, but here I am again asking God to forgive me and help me. I'd hoped. We'd hope to be able to enjoy our days together, but then we got the word about cancer. 
We had hoped to be enjoying an empty nest. But now as grandparents, we become parents of those grandparents because our son and daughter can't take care of them. We had hoped. We had hoped. See, the, the answer to everything was right in front of them. But they could not see. And they say it's been three days since all this happened. Look, look at this, verse 22. In addition, some of their women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of their companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women said. But what? They did not see Jesus. Isn't that the way it is a lot of times when we're walking through stuff? Jesus is with us, but we just don't see. I, I remember our first cruise that Denise and I went on. I think it was our 10-year anniversary, babe, was it? We had never done anything like that before. I mean, we were Beverly Hillbillies getting on this cruise. <laughs> And we were excited. We're going on a cruise, man. We get to our room, open it up. Woohoo! Bunk beds. <laughs> Don't think that detoured us, but let's go on. But anyway, we, we go show up at dinner. And I mean, fan, we're sitting, fan, they've got waiters. They've got, and I mean, we're like, listen, we're used to nothing. And, and uh, man, I'm sitting there, I'm eating, they bring bread, and, man, I'm like, I'm piling the butter on the bread and stuffing it. I've got crumbs everywhere. I turn to say something to Denise, and out of nowhere, here comes this guy with this little shiny thing. Go. I'm like, what the? You ever saw Mr. Deeds? You know that butler? That is sneaky. Uh, gave us never leave you. I will never forsake you. Come on, say that. I will never, and I will. I love that verse, but I love this next verse even more. Verse 6 says this. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Besides, what can mere mortals do to me? I'm not going to be afraid. Yeah, I'm walking in a storm. But if God's there, what can anybody do to me? What? But Paul said, hey, if I die, I'm with Jesus. If I'm here, I'm doing his work. What can mere mortals do to me? And it's hard at times to seek God in the storm. It's hard at times to seek God when all hell is breaking loose. It's hard at times when, to seek God when your son and daughter is losing their mind or when this addiction, this sin is taking over. But here he is. He is there. He is good. He is faithful. And he is working all things according to his purpose. He's there. I look at my life, man. He was there in the brokenness. He was there in the loneliness. He was there in despair. He was there when you were trying to score the next hit. He was there when you were trying to figure out how you were going to pay the bills. He was there when you found yourself pregnant and at a clinic trying to work things out. He was there. I'm telling you, when you look back at your life and the things you went through, he was there. He was there. Here's what we need to grab hold of. He was with you. He is with you. And he will be with you. He was with you. 
He was with you then. He is with you now. And when future hits, he will be with you then. Come on, maybe you're in a season where you just can't see him. Maybe you're in a time in your life where you just can't see God or feel his presence. I'm here to tell you, he's there. He's there. Let's finish this up. They tell Jesus everything that's happened, and so Jesus responds to them. How foolish you are. How slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And look at this. I love this. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scripture concerning himself. Jesus is teaching them about Jesus. They are getting a master class on Jesus from the master himself. Are you hearing me? He's teaching them. Look at this. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, get this, he took the bread. He gave thanks. He broke it and began to give it to them. Does that verse sound familiar to anybody else in here? Yeah, I, I said this earlier. A lot of scholars think at least one that, that one of these guys, not Cleopas, but the other one, was one of the original disciples. I wonder when Jesus sat down, and, and they had, they still don't know who it is. And Jesus takes the bread, and he breaks it. I wonder if their mind starts turning, and then he gives thanks, and then he gives it to. I wonder if this, man, this seems so familiar to me. This, this, this seems so familiar. He breaks it. He prays over it. I wonder if a flood of memories came back and they remember something Jesus said. This is my body broken for you. Then Jesus picks up a cup, and I, I wonder if they remember this cup is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. I wonder if they remember then Jesus being flogged and beaten. And they remember the blood dripping from his crown all the way down until it hit the dirt. And I wonder if something then began to happen when Jesus did that. Because look at this, verse 31 says, Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. He broke the bread. He blessed it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. I'm telling you, in that moment, their mind had to be going back to when Jesus first started walking with them down the road. They're like, why didn't we know? Look what it says. They said, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While we talked with one of the, talked with us on the road, and when he opened up the scripture to us, why there was something different? Why didn't we know? If I can get Bob to come on up. They were like, Jesus was there the entire time. We just didn't see him. I hope you know where I'm going. Because that's some of you today. You look back over some of the hardest seasons of your life. 
And if you will begin to look, you'll see bits and traces of him tearing all that. See, your vision becomes more and more clear that you were never alone. I think Tiffany sang it. There was another in the fire. That you are not alone in the fire. You're not alone in the situation. You're not alone in a circumstance. I want you right now, take a, take a moment. Just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to think back to one of the times. Maybe it's right now. And I want you to begin to piece together those times that you were going through. Those times that hit you hard. And I want you to begin to rub the sleep out of your eyes so that you can see him clearly. He was there. He was there. Guys from Grace House, he was there. Even in the darkest days of your addiction and your battle. To the young woman in here that found herself pregnant and at a clinic all alone because she didn't know what else to do. He was there. To the person in the bedroom that feels like they're all alone and depression has hit you so hard, he's there. Open up your eyes. Here's why it's important to look back and be able to begin to to put, see his presence there. Because when you can see his presence in your past, you can begin to recognize his presence in your now. And what you're going through right now. When you can put, say, oh, I see him. It, it, it makes it easier for you to see. I don't like what I'm going through, but I can see God's at work. God's doing something right now. When Denise and I talk about losing a son and walking through that, we can look back. Now and say, I saw God. I can see God at work through all that. In fact, we're getting ready to share that story on a podcast uh, that, that Kennedy and them's doing. But we can see it. Did we, did we like going through that? No. No. But you would not believe the number of people when we look back and see how God was there, the number of people that God has allowed us to speak life into has walked through the same thing. When it comes to us being pastors here, now a little over eight years, you know what I can trace that back to? And see God at work? I trace it back to the day I came out to the gym down in Atlanta. And I had a message from my dad. And I called him and said, son, the cancer is back. I trace it back to that day. I pray for him daily. This church prayed for him daily. Other churches prayed for him daily. And God did not heal him the way I wanted God to heal him. But I see God's hand at work because had that not happened, there's a very slim chance that Denise and I would have ever ended up here as pastors because we enjoyed what we were doing. You look back even in the most hard times you can see God's work I think about Tiffany when Casey was in and out of addiction in and out in prison and she was going over there there were times it was hard I guarantee for her to see God at work in that 
It was hard for, to see God at work. I know it was hard for my mom to see that God was at work when my brother went into prison. When you look back, that probably saved him. And it was during those times in prison that God began to really, really get a hold of him. And I guarantee you, Tiffany would say, when I look back, I see God's hand at work. Even in the jail, even in the nights that we got a call saying they thought he, was, he had OD'd, even in the nights he was in prison, even in the visitations where I was going to see God. I see God, I see God. And you see his presence in your past. It enables you to recognize his presence in the right now. When I look at the faces of the people in this room, and I know the stories, and I know the brokenness, I know what a lot of you have been through. I see God. I see God, guys. Here's the thing. I can see him when I get it right. And I still see him when I get it wrong. I see him when I walk, talk with my kids. And I definitely see it when I'm playing with my grandkids. I, I see him when, when in my fears. I see him in my loneliness. I see him in my victories. I see him in my failures. I see him renovating my mind and changing me and molding me into the image of Christ. I see him. I see him taking this brokenness of a man and doing something in me. Even in my worst. I can see him in the pain of loss. I can see him in the pain of rejection and betrayal. I can see him in the loss of our child. I can see him in, in my son moving away to Birmingham and my daughter uh, moving to California. I can see him in my daughter that, that, that gave me two beautiful grandkids. I see him. I see him in the people that walk through these doors every week that know they don't have it together and they show up anyway. I see him in the attic that's on his sixth rehab attempt. I see him in the single mom in the single mom that has another baby on the way. Where eyes are looking and saying, Oh, can you believe that? I see God. I see him in the agnostic that just can't get wrap his mind around it and believe yet. I see him in Pharaohs who gives to this church every week. Faithfully, I see him. I see him in the ushers and greeters that show up faithfully every week. I see him in our kids' uh, workers that show up in our nursery workers, those that clean. I see him. I see him in the children that sometimes run buck wild through this place and it seems like they've lost their mind. I see God. I see him in the autistic child and the person with Asperger's. I see him. I see him in the person that struggles with a mental disorder. I see him. I see him in the 
kid with the bright pointy mohawk. I see him. I see him in the guy over here that I forget how long ago. If you'd asked me if this guy would ever be a worship leader, I'd have said no way. I see God in him. I see God in him. See, some people will complain when Kramer rips into a rips into a solo, but you know what I see? God playing through him. I see God. I even see God in the people with LSU clothes on. <laughs> and Alabama clothes. And Florida clothes. I see that Alabama. <laughs> that was a really bad joke. I see him in the shattered dreams that run rampant through this place. Of people that had one plan for their life, but then life hit, and now they're nowhere near that. I see him, I see him in the person where the engagement was called off, and now they just feel broken and rejection. I see him in the one that has spent this week thinking about ending it all. I see God. I see God. I see God. And if we can just get ourselves to where we see him clearly, that even in our darkest moments, he has never left our side. Even in our darkest moments when we're going through hell, he is there. Step back. That that the, the secret to seeing that panda picture, I had to read about it because I could not see anything. It said, step back away from it and it'll help you see it better. Sometimes we can't see God and because we're so close to the hurt, so close to the, the hell we're walking through. If we would just step back, we would see God at work. Stand with me across this morning.